When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. He is Ty Harrington, 20 years the manager at Texas State. Helped build that program. Steve Trout now running it, and uh, we'll talk some baseball. Of course, he was lifetime Longhorn before that. Hey, you uh, you were, before you were the coach at Texas State, you were at uh, Blinn. Yep. And uh, what other junior college? Yeah, Northeast Texas Community College. Uh, we're 96. We actually won a junior college World Series. Um, in Grand Junction? Grand Junction, as you got to experience through Yeah, my, my daughter's, daughter's boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Weatherford played all the way to the – gosh, that was a heartbreaking deal. Weatherford, which is west of Fort Worth there, for the first time they made it to that Grand Junction to the uh, college, the Juco World Series, and they were playing in the essentially the, the third-place game to get, to get to the final game, and they were up 13-9 in the eighth inning and ended up losing 14-13 on a bases-loaded walk. But they played the last couple of innings like in a in a, in a rain. I mean, it, they didn't stop the game, and it was raining, and that's not an excuse. But had they won that game, because the team that beat them went on to win the whole thing and beat the team pretty badly the next game, uh, they had a good chance at a national championship. But Weatherford knocked out Blinn and, on their way to that, and had a really good look at it. And uh, you know, that's that's you know one of the things we want to talk about in addition to the Florida LSU game tonight. You know, Texas is in the portal right now. Mitchell Daly has announced he's going to go to Kentucky next year, and that's the. And I know you're still close with Coach Trout at Texas State, and you talk to a lot of coaches. I mean, it is. Is it safe to say Wild Wild West is a good way to put it? I mean, it's uh, it's portal time. It's NIL time. You know, we're, we're going to watch Paul Skeens maybe tonight. We talked about how NIL could play a factor that, you know, he's a pretty pricey player in this current economy. And, uh, you know, fans probably want to see Paul Skeens tonight if it can be the difference between winning and not winning a national championship. That's a new subplot to it. But it is a uh, – it's a different thing. And you you coached a long time before this. I mean, it was tough – you know, transfers and recruiting before, I mean, it is, you know, seven layers of tough now. It is, so when we first got started, we, in 2000, Division One baseball for myself as a head coach, at then what was Southwest Texas, we had the one-time transfer rule. But you had to go through the hoops of getting a, a release from the athletic director and the coach, and sometimes on those they could put stipulations about where you could even transfer to. And so you had to get a permission, and then you had all these different things that created a little bit of work in between to try to get this done. But if you look at this now, who's to say that a fan base, and everybody's on social media, right? So who's to say a fan base after a kid from, you know, who knows where it goes and plays against another big-name team, or they see this guy who's now an uh, All-American, and they start tweeting at him, right? Or as they start tweeting, hey, for 100000 you know, so – there's different ways now to, to encourage people to get into the transfer portal. And I've said this before to uh, at, at the very beginning of this is what side of the transfer portal 
are you on is going to determine a lot of your success. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty. So now you've got, you know, the transfer portal NIL money of getting young, you know, players here. But then you've got to keep them, right? And because you, you've got to continue to, um, you know, develop and con- those relationships. And, and nowadays, these co- the head coaches do a really good job of, and always have, but have done a really good job of, of working with the, with the guys while they've got them there. But you're, you're re-recruiting. Essentially, every year that you're coaching them, you're re-recruiting them. And then, you know, I mean, look, the, the, the transfer portal is on display tonight. I mean, you know, Paul Skeens is, you know, whether he goes in there or not, which he will, I think, or that, that, that's a big part of it. And if you look around well, at – Wake Forest team, right? They had Red Louder yeah. anyway, but uh, they they did as good a job as anybody tr- with transfers in the portal, and they played as the number one team into the tournament and looked like the favorite until LSU took them down twice in a row. Uh, but, yes, I mean, the portal – you know, LSU's women's team just won the national championship with, with eight new players uh, yeah. with Kim Mulkey. I mean, it's – it is the the way. Can we hear this from Trent Dilfer? This is interesting, and this is uh, you know, we we've heard coaches in football and now in all sports talking about tampering. Right, you're still not supposed to be able to t- to talk to a kid who's under scholarship somewhere else and is not in the portal. The idea of the portal is once you're in the portal, you can be contacted by other schools. Correct. That's the that's the freedom it gives you. But while you're not in the portal, you're not supposed to be contacted. But we know, you know, messaging goes on behind the scenes tampering, certainly in football. And here was Trent Dilfer, of course, the former Baltimore Ravens quarterback, ESPN, lived here in Austin for a while. Uh, but now he's the head coach at UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham. And listen to him. And this is this is an interesting uh, uh, way of going about, you know, trying to maintain that roster. A coach said, oh, man, you're going to jump right into this nickel spot and you're going to play in national televised games every week. And that's really easy to say. And then kid shows up and he's like, well, wait a second. Why am I the third guy? By the way, come try to get my guys. Right. Like, come, I dare you, Power <laughs> Fives. I got a pretty, pretty big platform that I can step on. Yeah. And if I find you in my kids' DMs and if I find you talking to high school coaches about my kids, if you're in my roster, I'm going to call your ass out. I'm going to say it by name to the biggest voices in television today, and it's going to make game day, and it's going to make Sports Center. It's going to make, because by the way, those guys running Sports Center are still my friends. That's right. I still got their So go ahead. I dare you to jump into my roster. And I told the American coach the same thing. I said, why don't you guys have the you know what's to stand up and say, get out of my roster? Right. I said, here's why, because you want their job. Oh, I want you said it. I want this job. That's right. I don't want no power. I want this job. I want to live in Birmingham. I want to live downtown. I want to go see my grandson in Nashville. I don't want that other job. So I don't care if you blackball me. Right. I want this job. I want the city of Birmingham to say, no, that's our city. That's our coach. Right? Mm-hmm. And there so you go. go ahead. There's Trent Dilfer. Dare you. Yeah. I mean, I'd like the idea. He's he's protecting and and his program and promoting his program and you know, when you heard him talk about this is where I want to be, this is the community I want to be at. I, I love the idea, I love the energy, and you know, there there's so many different ways though that they get around that. I mean, each of these guys have representatives, and they represent other kids too. And there's just there's so many back channels that that this is happening now, and you know, all the way through their you know youth team coaches to there's just so many different ways to get hold of these guys and and. And, and communicate with them. And, and, but you can even do it, I mean, through social media. I mean, I, you know, it's not illegal for a fan base to start tweeting at kids, you know, different things like that I'm aware of. It's not illegal. Well, I mean, and, and you do it through <clears throat> direct message. It doesn't even have to be out there, right? You, you yeah. 
contact a kid. Hey, uh, we, we're looking for a second baseman <laughs> or whatever. And, you know, that's a challenge. I mean, there's no doubt. And remember, the NCAA is not doing anything about this right now, and that's become the problem. You're, you're not supposed to be able to tamper. You're not supposed to be able to incentivize a player to transfer because of money, right? That's, you're still not supposed to be able to recruit players based on we're going to pay you X amount of dollars when you get here. The NIL money is supposed to come when you get there, right? I mean, the whole, all the whole and, and that's still illegal. But we know what's going on. I mean, that, that, no one's blind to the, to the fact that everybody's doing that because the rules would say, okay, once you're on campus, you can start but, you know, cashing in on your name, image, and likeness. But you can't induce a player to either come out of high school or come in as a transfer with the promise of hundreds of thousands of dollars. But we know what's going on. I mean, we're not, we're not silly to think that's not happening. Uh, they're going to do the plausible deniability thing and say, oh, no, we're not, we're not getting them anything until they get here. I mean, we tell them that we have a really robust – NIL program going on, so just choose us, and then we'll see what happens. There, there's more specifics to that before ahead of time. We no, know I'm that. sure they could probably tell the guy. This is what the point guard got a year yeah. ago. This is what the you know you Correct. could probably show some you know past of what you know what it looks like and what has taken place. But if if they're going to get in and talk about this, then they need to get they need to meaning the NCAA. They need to get with the coaches. They need to get with the players. They need to get with the people who are in there every day you know, really in there, you know, getting down and dirty about trying to make this thing work out. And they need to to, to get them involved. And, in, in, you know, if there is reform or there needs to be reform or whatever that looks like, they need to get, you know, with these groups of people and coaches and, and say, okay, what what how does this, what does this look like two years down the road, three years down the road? How do we kind of, you know, do we rein, or do we rein this back in? Or do we leave it like it is? I mean, I you know. It's it's here it's here now. It's where we are, and it's on display tonight. And it's been on display, you know, off and on all year long with the different programs. I mean, you know, some of the guys playing Florida played at Southern Miss, and other guys that played at you know different schools. That you start to recognize these names, you're like, wait, I saw that guy pitch two well, years think about, ago. Something. I mean, think about Rodney Terry's basketball roster, yeah. uh, Dave David Pierce's baseball roster this summer. Yeah, it's going to look dramatically different year by year. It just it just. The way of it, and I know a lot of people don't like it, but it is the way of it. And that look, this is why you know Nick Saban and a bunch of coaches went to Washington D.C. to try to encourage some federal oversight of some kind. And it wouldn't just be for football; it would be for and what the NCAA has asked for is legal protection. Like we'll we'll start to enforce some of these rules if they'll we can stop them from suing us because we were spending. It's kind of like the PGA Tour with Live, right? We're 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 getting bled dry by by legal fees and paying paying for these lawsuits and fighting these lawsuits, and they're they're coming from across the country. Uh, remember, the PGA Tour said they had spent over hundred million dollars in legal defense in the antitrust suits, and that was only going to be these were four or five year cases. That, that was a big argument for the NCAA. Is like, you know, we may win some of these cases, but we spend so much in defense <laughs> that we're just we, we're bleeding. And so they asked for for federal, you know, oversight to say, hey, uh, legal protection for the NCAA. That may help. I don't know. I know whenever we say the feds are getting involved, that can never be a good thing. But somebody <laughs> has to. I mean, somebody, because the conferences aren't going to do it. They're, they're not going to unite and come up with rules to, to benefit everyone. Uh, the NCAA is not until they get legal protection uh, and feel like they can actually enforce some of these laws without ending up in court. So there's a lot to it. In the end, I think we're going to get a great baseball game tonight. I mean, you have maybe the first – I know ESPN's been pushing it, but maybe the top three picks in the amateur draft yeah. on July 9th. I mean, Paul Skeens – I mean, we haven't even talked about uh, uh, the kid Dylan Cruz in center field. What a ball player he is. Bat the ball skills are uh, 
Oh, God, he's swinging uh, miss. He, he doesn't swing and miss. I mean, it's rare. I mean, I, that guy from point A to point B, when he swings, when he, when he I recognizes what he's trying to do, his directness to the baseball is, is incredible to all parts of the field. Yeah, and can run, plays a great center field. Wyatt Langford, of course, had the big five for five day yesterday. He's going to be maybe the third pick of the draft. So, yeah, a lot of talent, and that's what you want, right? I mean, Cinderella teams are cool, but to have – you know, Wake Forest against LSU and then Florida, you know, these are the best three teams in college baseball pretty much all year and uh, some of the best players. And, yes, some of the best players money could pay. And that's, just, and that's will Paul Skeens go to the mound tonight. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, Kevin O'Sullivan after the game last night said that, you know, they asked him what the difference in the, the game was. He said in, in big games your best players have got to play good, and they did. Florida's best players, you know, with, you know, with the exception of well, he's been one of the best players in the tournament. Ty Evans uh, has hit, I think, four home runs in in the national tournament. But you know, he's sitting down on the eight hole, kind of quietly. But um, I, I just, I agree. Obviously, in these moments, you'll see the best players to win. They've got to come forward, and then you'll have a hero of another sort. Which I think LSU's had a lot of, you know, heroes on the mound to get them to tonight. You know, and um, I, I just I think this game tonight is going to be I, I, truly. You know how much I love college baseball, and every chance I get, I promote it and everything. I do, I, I just think tonight's going to be one of the greatest games to watch. There is so much going on out there on that field tonight, around the field, and the popularity of it. I think there's been more viewers than there's ever been, and I just I think there's going to be more eyeballs on this game tonight than there's been ever in, in college well, baseball. Ratings, it just shows the direction of this great sport. Well, the ratings for last Thursday night's showdown with Wake Forest and LSU were through the roof, and that was the uh, the Rhett Lauder-Paul Skeens game that was an 11-inning game that went uh, about three hours long, which how, how good the pitching was. We could see that again tonight. Hopefully we do. It's for all the marbles tonight with Florida and LSU. Looking forward to it for sure. And as you said, you know, you see the score, and you're like, man, 24-4. to 4. All the momentum and getting the Gator dugout. Well, yeah. momentum in baseball is your next day starting pitcher. Yeah. I mean, they can yeah. shut that down. Now, again, if Florida gets going again, you know, they, 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 there is something to, you know, hitting is contagious, and you know that, right? So kind of pass the baton. If Florida found something, and I would say that they, they feel confident getting into this game where LSU took the 11-inning game on Saturday night in the Thriller um, you know, I don't know that either side has the advantage, but if Paul Skeens gets on the mound, that becomes advantage LSU pretty quickly with his ability to dominate a baseball well let's say this hitting is contagious but bad pitching creates a lot of that contagion and so (laughs) and and paul Skeens, if he'd have been in the middle of that mix last night it wouldn't have been like that right and so and they would have used you know herd or somebody else had that game been a lot closer so he about halfway through that you know in lsu's mind they were like all right let's let's move on you saw empty the bench and start bringing different guys into the game let them get out there and get their idea yeah and so but baseball players understand when they wake up the next day the coaches carry a little bit of baggage with them about how things may have operated the day before but the players wake up and i mean again they they, they put that you know last lace in their shoe to get ready to go lace them up and get busy they understand what this game's like they, at this level they for sure do you're moving on from last night and you know here we go because look lsu had all the momentum right from the night before yeah they get up and score early and, and kind of they're they're going and then all of a sudden florida's number you know uh Saturday starters coming out of the game, and then all of a sudden you can kind of go, uh oh, this LSU's about. And then you know, Florida made the made the double play, got the double play to get them out of the inning, and then they got an unbelievable relief performance. And uh, from Frickarama, the, the, again, they went to sinkers and change ups and just sat there and let LSU beat that ball down on the ground. And in Florida, 
played great defense. They had the one error at third base, but LSU had the five errors. It was the difference. Yeah, that was the problem. The errors were not good. Uh, all right, so we'll get back to that Longhorn football recruiting cycle. We talked to Jerry Hamilton last hour. A good, good overview of the two commitments the Horns picked up over the weekend. Uh, he indicated there could be some more coming from the, uh, the, the, the weekend that just came and went. So we'll certainly get back into that. Also, we talked earlier in the show to Eric Goodman, uh, Austin Chronicle, talking Austin FC, who may have jump-started their season with two wins in four days. Beat Austin FC. Austin FC beat FC Dallas on Wednesday, 3-0. Houston, 3-0 on Saturday. So uh, they're into seventh place now, into a playoff spot now in the Western Conference, and we'll see if they can keep that going. So we'll talk more about that. But uh, on the on the uh, live music, best live shows you've ever seen. I'm, this week with Buck out, I'm going to be borrowing some of Craig Way's music survey questions to throw out as general conversation starters, including best live show you've ever been to and then most surprising live show where you – didn't know what you were getting into, and all of a sudden you got blown away. How about this one? Um, the uh, oh, somebody said Terry, Trent Dilfer is a world class a hole. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've dealt with him. Before. Yes. Well, you know, look, I understand the call out, but by the way, one of these days I want to be Craig Flowers. When I grow up, I want to be Craig Flowers. Is that okay, Colonel Craig? Yeah. Uh, he said <clears throat> Craig texted us to say he's in Cheyenne, Wyoming, headed to Cody with Jeff Fry. We're emceeing the Celebrities for a Cause event. Um, but he said, how about this? Craig Flowers tells me, having dinner with Wes Welker, John Rocker, Hacksaw Jim Duggan tonight. It's a pretty good meal. <laughs> that's a pretty good, <laughs> that's a okay, pretty good so set. You, I'm sure Jeff Fry will be there from the former Texas Ranger. So John Rocker, Wes Welker, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It was my favorite wrestler when I was growing up. And I've been to Cody, Wyoming. That is a, that's out there. you got to try to get to Cody. Because yeah. Cody's north of Cheyenne, and Cody's almost to... It's about an hour from Buffalo, which is where, when I worked at the guest ranch up there, was outside of Buffalo, Wyoming. That's a not a lot out there. Got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of space if you need it. Uh, but good for Craig. But he also said that uh, bottom line, guys, on the Trent Dilfer conversation, it's a soup sandwich. We talked about it on the high ground this weekend. Jamie, Jamie Frazier made a great point to Trent Dilfer's comments. Programs won't care getting called out. Hell, they might like the attention. Yeah. I mean, what's going? That's the thing. What's going to happen if Trent Dilfer calls you out? I mean, not, now, not we heard much. Nick Saban call out Jimbo Fisher last summer, right? Last yeah. spring, Jimbo Fisher. And that got squelched pretty quickly of, hey, 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 yeah, we'll, come on, y'all. Because one of the reasons they don't get called out is that they're doing it, too. That was, that, that was one of my when, – when, when, when the steroid era was raging in Major League Baseball and throughout baseball, I remember talking to buddies of mine who played, and you probably had the same conversation. I would say, well, why aren't you ratting these guys out? And he goes, E, there's guys in my locker room doing it too. Yeah. Because I, I remember, I, I think I was talking to Kirk Dressendorfer when he was pitching for the Oakland Athletics. And he's, you know, he, he, he told me the story that in for, you know, Team USA ball, when you kind of amateur ball coming through, he played against Brett Boone. And he dominated Brett Boone. And then when he saw him in the big leagues, he had puffed up and looked like, uh, you know, the, the roids had kicked in. And he was hitting opposite field 400-foot home runs. And he, he said he gave up a home run one time. And he was just so mad. But I said, well, why don't anybody call him out? He goes, you should see what's going on in my locker room, right? I mean, this is kind of the same thing with the NIL. I'm not going to call him out because I'm not sure what, that we're not uh, on the uh, completely on the up and up. You know, that becomes the conversations, and it's unfortunate. And uh, well, the the NCAA, I think the soup sandwich is a good way to put it. But in the end, as fans, are we going to not tune in tonight? Probably not. We'll be there. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I can tell you that. I mean, this is. I mean, I think the I think the game is shaping up to be an unbelievable game to watch and to be a part of. But 
Now, I, I can't say it's going to be like it was the other night. I mean, I, I don't know that I've been so amped up to watch a game as I watch, you know, the the LSU. And you know, it was three up, three game. down. Yeah, three up, three I mean, down. just three up, three so, down. so fast. But it was what was on display for me is that the type of velo that these guys are throwing and the way they command it was just through the roof that night and their ability to execute on both where sides is, of the Where's that plate. coming from? I know velocity, even at the younger ages of development, is huge, but – it does seem like there's, I mean, you know, 100, 102 miles an hour, not uncommon now, and the ability to throw, you know, pitches off of that uh, at a pretty high level. That's that's pretty amazing. And, you know, college, we'll pick this up on our side because college baseball, one thing, you know, COVID, pushing, you know, compressing the rosters, Major League Baseball cutting the amateur draft from 40 or 50 rounds down to 20. Uh, that's going to be good for the uh, the talent level at the college level, I think, plus NIL, the ability to you know, not not go play in the in the minor leagues, but actually make some money while you're playing college baseball and getting an education. I, I think it's a great conversation because I do think cutting out the twenty rounds when it went from forty to twenty rounds, there were a lot of the high one school, year it was five. Yeah, it, yeah, and that's right. And so there was a lot of high school guys that were getting drafted in those rounds, and maybe they were signing, but they're not. They're going to you know Division One baseball, and now Major League Baseball has kind of said through that, hey, we're going to let. The Division One schools and Division Two schools and junior colleges start to develop these guys, and then we'll go in after two, three years, at, instead of investing a lot of money when they're out of high school, and let these universities develop them, and then we'll go in after they've got a little more experience, a little more maturity, a lot of different things. The other piece of that is now there's so many people, they train for velo. They literally train for it. Your body starts to, you know, try to maximize your ability to, to apply force behind a baseball, and but you can't always throw it in the strike zone and command it on both sides of the plate like these guys did the other night and what they're doing. And then their breakers on top of that and their their command of it has just been, you know, really incredible to watch. I mean, because it is and, – and look, they're, they're 92 – to 96 is pretty common nowadays yeah. when you when you watch it. Now, I think the guns may be inflated a little bit, um, but you saw on Saturday night, we talked about this earlier, their ability to expose the top of the triangle strike zone and striking so many hitters out up there, the college hitters and professional hitters, because they use that high spin rate and that four-seam rotation up in the top of the zone. And they, they've changed the way people pitch now, and they use that velo with that, and that ball just stays you know, on that same plane. And, man, it's hard to lay off of well, it, hard not to swing at. All sports are copycat, but the, you know, the Astros really, and Brett Strom, their pitching coach, really pushed that, right? And when, when he had Verlander and Cole and those guys and pitching up and then you know, the breakers with the spin, because the Astros were really one of the first to be really big on the spin rate, where they were always evaluating for guys who could spin the baseball. Because if yeah, you can pitch up and then you know drop it with the hook, and uh, we see so many you know really elite college pitchers now doing the same thing. Paul Skeens and I thought Red Louder, man, his changeup uh, oh. from Wake Forest, that guy is something else. Those will you mean know, speaking of the top three picks in the draft, Red Louder won't be far. I mean he'll be right in there in that three four range. The kid out of Wake Forest. Let's get a timeout. We'll pick up these conversations. It's a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Taking your best all time live shows. Uh, and most surprising live shows you've ever seen. He's gotten some great ones this morning. We appreciate it. It's being on the horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Some man live his life profits alone. All right, good stuff on live music uh, conversations on top of the weekend, good, bad, and ugly conversations. We'll get back to that Longhorn recruiting weekend. Also, Rangers dropped two out of three at the Yankees, but that was a really good series. I was watching that. Uh, as mentioned, we were up in Dallas visiting some family and got to see the, the Ranger games. And, uh, man, um, 
extra innings win on Friday for the Rangers, and then they turn around and uh, lose one to nothing on the Saturday game. Um, Severino did a great job. That's a tough lineup to shut down. Uh, and for the Rangers, Rangers had two on, first and second, nobody out ninth inning down a run, and they didn't move the runners. They strike out and a strikeout and then a pop out. I mean, that was – you're thinking they're at least going to – Bruce Bochy's going to at least manufacture to get this thing tied and uh, couldn't do it. And that's that's been rare for the Rangers. There's the best think, offense in baseball. Do you think they'll make some moves at the trade deadline? I do. Well, I, I thought they would, and then I talked last week to our buddy Gene Watson from the Kansas City Royals, and he believes they will too. And they're stocked with with prospects. That's the one thing I can tell you directly from Gene, not to burn the source, but he said, man, their their farm system loaded. And I talked about that when remember Mike Harge from the afternoon show went out to to surprise Arizona for spring training. I was going to go out, but he couldn't make it. It was during spring break, and uh, but Harge came back and said, man. Because like when you go out and sign Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and and trade for the guys that they've traded for and then sign the pitching that they went and pitched, pretty much signed or traded for an entire starting staff. Well, that keeps all your minor leaguers in the system, right? They can't move up, so it's compressed their minor league system to where they've got some really good prospects. That um, I mean, you see that with like Dane Dunning, who wasn't even in the rotation to yeah, start the year, yeah. and as a rookie, I mean, he's I well. Mean, Chris Young's doing a great job. Solidified his spot. Well, when you mind. when you sign the the shortstop and the second baseman of the future, and your top three in your rotation, and that, that there's just no movement for your top prospects, they can't move up. So they're just playing. A, I mean, look at the record of the Round Rock Express. I mean, they're they just had a 12 game homestand. I think they went 10 and one or 10 and two on the homestand. They're in first place or, or maybe having a really good year. So Gene Watson does believe they'll make moves and. Uh, they're in a good spot. Rangers are in a really good spot. I mean, and, you know, I'm the Astros fan, but I, the Astros just don't have the look of a – this just doesn't look like – and I mentioned, you know, shame. Jim Crane is the owner of the Astros, and he's done a great job. I mean, you can't complain with, you know, six ALCS appearances, four World Series appearances, and two wins. I mean, that's pretty good since he's been the owner and went through the rebuild. But I, I'm going to blame him a little bit for what's going on with this team. And now the injuries are bad for Houston – I mentioned the Astros had 13 players playing the World Baseball Classic, and a lot of those guys have gotten injured after playing in the World. I remember Jose Altuve got hit on the hand and got hurt playing in the World Baseball Classic and missed two months, and is just now trying to get his groove back. Uh, but remember that World Baseball Classic tie came right in the middle of spring training, right? So your normal lead-up time to a season different, and then all of a sudden you're pitching competitively for your country. And you know Luis Garcia for the for the Astros pitched in that. He's out for the year. Blew his elbow out. Blew his elbow out. Don't know if that was a contribution. Dusty Baker has asked that question openly. Jose Urquidy pitched for Team Mexico, and he has also been shut down with a shoulder problem that he's having. It's not to say they. I love the World Baseball Classic. You were in here when some of those yeah. games were happening. They were compelling. It was really good. But you know it can take its toll on a team. But it's not just that. Here's my criticism for Jim for Jim Crane. Jim Crane offered. They won the World Series. And the general manager was offered a one-year contract. And I, I don't blame him for saying, no, no thanks. I mean, come on. Uh, one-year deal, that's a slap in the face. He, he, and so we, they got at odds. And then Jim, Jim Crane went like two and a half months, three months without a general manager. And in that time, they signed Jose Abreu to a bad contract. He signed Rafael Montero, the setup man in the bullpen, to a ridiculous contract. He can't even get anybody out now. And this is, you know, this is why there's an owner and then there's a GM. And the GM, when they work together, as the, you know, ask Cowboys fans about this, when the owner works with the GM who's doing this on the day-to-day, look, I would just say Dana Brown is who they hired to be their general manager, hired him from the Braves front office. If he had been in place, I'm pretty sure a couple of these deals may not have happened. And it's hurting the ball club right now. They also didn't bring in enough veteran players. Dusty Baker has openly criticized, not or at least been been, been – critical that we don't have enough guys on our 40-man right now. We didn't bring in enough veteran players, so the injuries are being 
uh, exacerbated by the lack of depth in there because I mean, they've made all these runs to the World Series, so their farm system not nearly what it once was. Uh, so Houston, just at this point, they just don't look like a team that is going to go win a championship this year. A lot of baseball to be played. We're not even in July yet, but the Rangers, they look good to me. Rangers looking like the real deal. Yeah, they. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, if you look through their lineup, I think it's obviously got tremendous balance to it. But their their front end pitching is good. I mean, they, they and they won't get the Degrom back. We know that. Yeah. But um, but but you know what? Even they, like Martin Perez, who's like the thirteen, the third guy now. Yeah, and he's Nathan Evaldi. He's been great this year. Evaldi's been last awesome. Evaldi's been way better than I ex- ever expected he would be. Well, right now, if you're approaching the All Star break, he's probably the best free agent signing. Pitching signing of the of anybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I remember Lights when out. Mike went out there, Arch went out there, and when he came back, he was talking on the show about, you know, he and he rec- I mean, he was a professional player too, so he recognizes what that looks like and and the depth of it and just how good that team was. And they bring a veteran mad- manager in too, and he's, you know, who's won. He's been at, he's won at the highest level, and he understands that it's 162 games. I mean, it's a long, long. Well, and process. so yeah, and the Astros are only five and a half back. They'll play four with the Rangers this weekend at Globe Life. That could be really compelling. You know, Rangers could really separate from Houston if they had a big weekend into Fourth of July weekend. Uh, but you know, that's they, they haven't played. They only played one series so far, Houston and Texas. So they they play this coming weekend, uh, end of June, end of July, four games. So and the and the Rangers get four with the the Tigers this week. So they could be feeling pretty good about themselves. Astros will drop two out of three uh, against the Dodgers this weekend. So. Yeah, uh, we'll see if the Astros can get healthy. We know they're not getting Lance McCullers back. He's now having another operation. He won't return. Luis Garcia is not coming back for Houston. They think Jose Arquiti is going to come back. And, gosh, they need Jordan Alvarez back in their lineup, something terrible. Uh, he's got an oblique issue, and those things tend to linger. But without him in the lineup, they have they don't score a lot of runs and right Michael now. Brantley's never going to play a game. Doesn't feel like it, does it? And that's another one, Jim Crane. I mean, uh, We were talking about months ago, like, oh, he's on the right track, and then set back. Like Jim Crane, I like what he's doing for golf in Houston, but at the same time, he shouldn't have. I mean, there was no one manning the ship. The reports are that, you know, it was on the advice of Jeff Bagwell that they signed Jose Abreu, who people in Washington, in Chicago were saying, you know, he, yes, he was a great player, but the bat speed's diminishing. Can't catch up to the heat anymore, the velocity. And that's what's shown up. I mean, he, Abreu's come on a little bit, but man, he has been. He's been a road uh, speed bump right in the middle of their order, and uh, it's been a problem. Well, the, the biggest thing for me, though, is Alvarez. If he could look at when you can hear a guy up, if you're listening on the radio and you can hear the the bat hit the baseball, and it sounds different <laughs> than everybody else's, which it does when he's playing. So you're done. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, honestly, oh, goodness, special. it sounds. I mean, it just sounds different, and you know, and obviously it reacts differently. But to get a guy like that, I mean, it makes makes the other team pitch differently to everybody else around him. Sure the, does. The front and the back end of it, and then he's able to. If you go back now, think about how many games he changed oh. by by what he did well, offensively, and 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 having him back inserted in the lineup, what it could possibly do for the Astros. Need it. They need it. And Michael Brantley would help too. But as Ty said, uh, you know, I'll believe that when I see it. At this point, with his shoulder problem. And uh, so we're keeping an eye on that. Rangers looking like the team to beat in the West. And as I mentioned on a good, bad, and ugly Monday, I just have to mention it because it blows your mind. But I sent this uh, text to Ty Harrington on Thursday or Friday that going into this weekend, the L.A. Angels, who were in second place, they played at Colorado. They had a 25-run game on Saturday, but they lost two out of three. But going into the weekend and coming out of it, Shohei Otani leads the Angels team in batting average, home runs, RBIs, walks, OPB, OPS, slugging, runs, hits, stolen bases, 
runs created, isolated power, which is a metric, and then on the pitching mound he leads the team in wins, ERA, and strikeouts. That's insane. That's in at the major league level, Ty. This is like yeah. you know, select ball kind of Yeah, thing. that's not like, you know, Kelly Leak and Bad News Bears who went and caught everything and then also would probably go around and pitch if he could. I I mean, you're right. This is at this is at the highest level that this guy's able to to play at this. And I, I just how do you put a monetary value on a guy who is leading in you know, offense and the pitching side of it and then because there's, there's, both, right? I know, yeah, but there's a risk reward to that. So yeah, you get him, and you get the best pitcher and the best, one of the best offensive players. But what if that one person that you invested gets hurt? What, gets hurt, yeah, and has a season-ending injury. Then you've lost two at one. So where is that balance money-wise yeah, for cost? Of us? A, I mean, there's estimates of a five hundred or six hundred million dollar contract for him. But yes, who can afford that? Dodgers are the, the name you hear immediately. Uh, keep him on the West Coast and in that area uh, if the Angels don't. But yes, I mean. But it, it is something to behold. You've been around the game your whole life. I mean, we always talk about when, when great athletes make something very difficult look very easy. You know, yeah. you know, there's a lot of work that went into it. But that guy, even major league players who are all-stars are looking at him going, dude, this guy's unbelievable. This guy, Mike Trout, says he just sits in awe of the guy. I mean, Mike Trout's one of the greatest players ever to play. And he's sitting there watching the guy going, I, you know, whatever. He plays every day. Uh, impacts our team every single day, um, you know, and then he goes to the mound and punches out 12, and it's like, it's like Kelly Leak, you're right, bad news bears, yeah. the, the best player on your, your little league team, uh, and he's doing it at the major league level in a global game. That is uh, arguably maybe the best to ever play the game. I mean, I don't know, because he hasn't been in the postseason and hasn't been able to shine in the biggest moments. He doesn't, uh, I don't think, gets the attention, which I wish he would, but at the same time, there's no one. I mean, we, we're done with the Babe Ruth comparisons because he's shattered all those. If well, he was on the Yankees, he'd be the most popular athlete in the world, without a doubt. Yes, without a doubt. I totally agree. That's and a he great plays point. in a big market too. I mean, LA's yeah. not. I mean, that's not a small market, but he's just not on a winning team. And for whatever reason, but I hope people re- recognize this is the best player we've ever seen because he's as good an offensive player as there is in baseball, and he's dominant on the mound. He's not just a. He's their ace. I mean, as we said, be very well coming up in uh, in where Seattle is the All Star game. He could start, be the starting pitcher and bat third and play the whole game. Yeah, and you know it's icing on the cake, too. I mean, if you watch him play, he plays the game uh, the way most people want him to play. I mean, he, he, he's incredibly respectful to the game. Yes. And he's incredibly – it appears. Now, I I'm not in that locker room to answer that question completely, but appears to, to be an incredible teammate on top of all this as well. And I'm like you. I just – watching somebody that can do something like this, it, it's just incredible because splitting your focus time – you're competing against guys that all they do is hit as a pitcher. And then as a hitter, you're competing against guys as pitchers. That's all they do. So how he's 50-50 in, in, you know, in being able to, to manage his focus of what he's trying to practice and what he's trying to focus on that day you know, in between bullpens and then knowing who he's facing on the mound that night, I'm, I think it's tremendous because if one starts to go bad, does it start to affect his other? And you have not seen that. From an emotional standpoint. Well, and that's I'll, I'll name drop Gene Watson again because remember Gene Watson spent a year in Anaheim. Uh, he left the Royals organization, went to Anaheim, and then came back uh, to a promotion with the Royals, and that's where he is now. But he he was there when Otani when Otani came online, and he tells the same thing that this guy we were fearful. Okay, how are, he's going to wear down? He's going to yeah. and, and his 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 people said no no he's been doing this his whole life. This is what he does. He did it. For years in Japan, he did, this is all he, this is how, all he knows. 
is, is to play every day and then to pitch every fifth day. Uh, so put him on the mound. And he, he said it's something to behold, man, and to see that guy, to your point, the, the mental focus, the ability to be the best at both. Because when, when he first came in, they didn't pitch him as much. As right? much, yeah. They were, they, were, they were careful with him. And as it's gone, but now it's just well. That's what Gene said. That we, we wanted to be careful, right? Because it's a big investment. He's our best player, and we 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 want his pitching, but we really want his bat. Well, now he's your ace. <laughs> and so, well, I think there was a thought too that like, oh, he did that in Japan, but yeah, he's exactly. come over here, yeah, and like, like there's was, no way he'll be able to be that good. Well, at and I think he had to break that perception that you know, well, it's, it's really not possible to do this and be that good. And I mean, the MLB, the show, the video game, had to put like two-way players into like it's a main part of the game now like when you make your character it's like oh do you want to be a two-way player it's 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 amazing. the effect that he's had in the last 10 years crazy love to see him in october playing in, in big time ball games and um, whenever that can happen but you're right his contract how much do you pay him there ty i mean he's i don't i don't know how you i don't know how you define the risk reward you gotta on pay that. him more than juan soto just got what well, he got well, like you gotta kind of mix the two right half it's, a bill yeah half a bill 600 mil something like that well you gotta think the hitting can outrun the pitching meaning He'll always be able career to career wise, you. right? So you you feel comfortable paying him as a as a hitter, um, but golly, I mean, you know, how, how far does that doing both and physically and emotionally, as Gene Watson was referring to, you know, how long can you keep from not you know wearing him down? And now nah, he is physically, if you look at him, I mean, he's a, obviously a ginormous human being and and he's able to to do things with ease there's not everything he does is easy there's not a whole lot of effort doesn't look like it's stressful on him uh, to do anything and it's like he was made to throw a baseball and swing a bat and did i mention he leads that team in stolen bases yeah you did and he's a gold glove outfielder (laughs) when he needs to be i mean golly i wonder if he i I wonder if he played any other sports or if he just grew up doing this and this is what you know was easier for him and he's you know what his nickname is by the way the unicorn, the yeah, unicorn, no, which sense. is appropriate. Yeah. Uh, and he's only 28 years old, kind of like Nikola Jokic with the Nuggets, uh, best players in the world at, uh, at the age of 28. We will come back, take your thoughts there. We'll also recap our, our favorite live concerts we've ever been to and our most surprising live concerts. I have an we'll, announcement when we come and back. And Ty right? has an announcement that uh, I look forward to, and maybe even a gambling pick of the night from T.Y. It's B&E on the Horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Go Ty, wrapping it up with the little Dave Matthews band I mentioned. That was my most surprising show and one of the better shows I've been to. 19, and I can tell you the exact date of that game, of that concert, Ty, with Harrington, because October 14th of 1994. Because I mentioned wow. we, my buddy and I were going to St. Edwards, and we had driven to Athens, Georgia, to see some friends that we met at the ranch we worked at. We both worked at the guest ranch in Wyoming, and a couple of them were students um, at Georgia. And so, let's go visit and let's hang out. They always tell us how great it is. So, we had a weekend. We had a four-day weekend. So, we went and uh, they had bought tickets to see the Dave Matthews Band at the Georgia Theater right in downtown Athens. Blown away. I had not seen, as I said, I only heard a couple of songs. They weren't on the radio yet. Uh, This was right before they blew up. If they had been on the radio, I didn't hear them. Uh, But then they took off with uh, their first album. But um, blew me away. Uh, Unbelievable show. But I can tell you the date because we drove back on a Sunday and it was pouring down rain as we drove through Houston. When Bucky lost to Rice? When Bucky lost to Rice. When Texas oh. lost to Rice on a Sunday night at Rice Stadium was when we were driving back in that rainstorm. And uh, so funny. I, I remember I was in college, and, and I worked at the ranch a couple summers, so I didn't always tell my parents what I was up to. My dad texts me and calls me and says, were you in Georgia? 
I was like, yeah. He goes, because I, I, all I, I didn't have a credit card. All I had was a Chevron gas card that <laughs> my dad could monitor. <laughs> he goes, what were you doing in Georgia? Oh, you know, trip. Trip. <laughs> yeah. I remember the gas car. I remember having a Texaco gas car. Did you have That's oh, all yeah. I had. That's oh, all yeah. I had. Oh yeah, because you know, I, I, you know, when I worked at the ranch all summer, all that money would go into because you make pretty good money up there, uh, and you know, there's free room and board, and so you don't spend a lot. So everything just went straight into the bank, and I used it for school. And uh, but yeah, I had I always had the Chevron card, and, and every once in a while you'd put like a six pack of Bud Light or other other other. It said other. My mom would say, "What is the other?" And I'd say, uh, "Copenhagen and uh, Bud Light." I don't know. <laughs> but you remember you had that little circle and said other, and I would check other. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, other, other. Oh, gas and booze. You know? Oh yeah, that's that's why we're glad they sold that. But yeah, so I can tell you when that concert was October fourteenth, nineteen ninety four, at the Georgia Theater downtown Athens, Georgia. We had some other great uh, suggestions this morning. Appreciate everybody with theirs. Uh, so pretty good stuff. And uh, Ty Harrington is here, and you'll be back with us on Wednesday. But I, you, you and I got to chatting that. Um, Next weekend into the 4th of July week, you're going to be playing some golf. Yep, going uh, to Bannon Dunes with a group to play golf. And, um, you know, I mean, and, and, and look, the, the have town. Have you ever been to Bannon Dunes no, in, in first, Oregon? No, first for me. This is a first for me. We've got a big group that, that play golf in the Bravos that, um, you know, we everybody plays Atlanta. And we have a great group of guys that play. It really is called Friday Hackers. It's an unbelievable group of people and and. But a big group are going up there. Never been. I'm excited about the weather. Um, I, you know, I've got a lot of people. One of the guys I work with, um, Corey Kalinkowski, has got a place up there too. And and so everybody talks about it. I just haven't had that chance. And to get out of the heat, I, you know, I like. I actually like the heat. But I'm gonna get out of there for a couple of days. Isn't gonna be terrible. I will tell you this because you and I were talking about maybe you and your wife coming to Nebraska's. Nebraska's will be so crowded. That place is unbelievable this time of year and so much fun. The downtown area, the restaurants, the bars, the river, Whitewater, which is why my group at Casey Development has got the river mill coming in over the next couple of years and, and a huge mixed-use development. But Nebraska's is a rocking town this time of year, and it is so much fun to just walk around the downtown area and just explore the city and the rivers. It is really cool, and there's so much. Parker McCollum lives there. Randy Rogers lives there. There's so many, you know, different people, musicians that, that, that live in the Brambles, and it is a cool town. Agreed. The Worst Fest is there. The Worst Fest is the 10 greatest days <laughs> that, of your life, young man. Let me just tell you right now. And I can walk from my house to the Worst Fest. And I know. You last time, you offered you offered a place to stay. You got I, it, I, man. I, I, you guys are always welcome. I'm telling you, man, that it, that, that is Truly, ten of the coolest days that uh, you'll experience between Very the music fun. and if you, the music, the beer, the atmosphere. Enjoying just, my German roots. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, myself. And Ty, you said you have a big announcement to make. Not Ty yes, Harrington, yeah. Ty Henderson. I almost forgot. Both ties. No, no. Don't forget your big announcement. What is the uh, the big announcement? Uh, other than you slept eighteen hours yesterday because you hadn't slept in three days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> No, I'm a, I love living vicariously through time. Yeah, but after listening to him on Friday, I get why he he needed a little bit after yeah, listening was, to the music deal. Right? I wish I could have been a little bit better on the music survey <laughs> on Friday, but it's all good. Um, I'm going to be asleep on the couch when I got here. <laughs> in the morning and then i took a nap before the music survey so it was a little groggy but uh I, I will be taking a break from gambling till football season i'm just gonna enjoy the summer mm. i don't i'm not good at baseball betting i've learned in the past yeah. month so i'll be taking a hiatus i will still be giving out picks though but it'll be all be hypothetical money for me from here on out till till college football starts week zero did you know that i sent ty a 
a tweet that I found over That's the weekend. That's part of it. That was part of my thinking this weekend. <laughs> oh, did I help you? Well, I mean, I just I ha- just was sending for information. I've been a little bit more busy, you know, being out and about, so it it just hasn't <laughs> the urge hasn't been there as much as it has been in the past. Your know. focus has bit. shifted. Yes, your focus has reshifted a little bit. Yeah, well, I, you I, could I say can that. Understand that? I'm not a gambler except on the golf. I love to you know play golf, obviously, but. Oh. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Take a break. You know, I sent this to Ty because Ty likes to play the, the parlays, right? And people like to play the teasers and the parlays. But you know who loves you to play parlays are, are the book, the house. They love when you do that. Uh, how about this? UNLV did a 40-year study of Nevada Sportsbook. They found the following. House profits 30% on all parlay wagers. 30%. House profits 5% on all other sportsbook wagers. It says oh. here you can understand why sh- joints want to shove parlays and, and Bucky always plays these little parlays when he was playing when he was doing that. I'm like, dude, you know, every time you add another game. But every time you win one, you're, you just get that little bit of confidence. <laughs> look, look at the two different attitudes all of a sudden. Look, at, this is where they make, yeah, but look what you could win. You can I mean, lose a little bit of money every week, but every once in a while. Yeah, they like pay a, off, but then they, they sap you. Plus, you're paying the, the commission. With my, I've told the, everyone the my numbers, though. I'm still up. I, I, but a you're, good but amount in the past year. But you're taking year. a break yes. starting now it's until summer. football season. It's about 60, 79. I think t- today, let me go to TexasSports.com. But with that in mind, Ty, do you have a pick on tonight's game? If Skeens pitches, I'm going with LSU. Mm-hmm. And even though the the wind's blowing out, we talked about yeah. that, but I still at the under, I don't know what it's at. I haven't looked because, like I said, I'm taking a break. But I think LSU and whatever the under's at, I don't know. I think it's going to be a head set pretty high because of last night. That's that's just what my gut's telling me. I would think to watch the game tonight. I mean, from my perspective, on the the wind is is going to. I think can it played in yesterday. I think it could come in again. I think the floor. I mean, LSU's ability to take a walk or get hit by a pitch uh, with Caglione on the mound, who can get the ball out of the strike zone and works behind often enough. I think comes into play. And like anything else, I always say this. I know it's boring. But I do. I think the defense and being able to play, take care of the baseball in the infield and the outfield is going to be huge for both teams. Well, five errors yesterday weren't weren't helpful yeah. to LSU and, and a twenty four to four loss. But uh, you know, as you always say to me, win by one, you win by twenty. It don't matter. It don't matter. It's a win loss. It's a win. Loss is a loss, and uh, it'll be a national champion crown tonight in Omaha. And as Ty said, as a former baseball manager, you have four weather apps. Because you're always monitoring the weather. Oh man! Uh, and you say the wind blowing out again. Yeah, it's blowing which is, out tonight. Uh, At the beginning of the game is going to be around 10 to 15, and then as the night settles down, or as the evening settles down, so does the wind. But it's going to be exciting. I'm going to tell you what: if you're a college baseball fan, tonight's a big night. And if you're not, become one tonight. Flip that TV on and watch college baseball at a high level. It's going to be fun. There it is. Well said by a man who's been there and played in that uh, College World Series and managed and. Uh, I'm going to be with right there with you. Six o'clock tonight. It is uh, game three of in the final game of the college baseball season. Regardless, uh, I will take Florida to win this ball game tonight. I'm going to take the Florida Gators. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to take the game tonight. I'm going to tell you what. And JJ sitting in tomorrow. Yeah, JJ Gotch. How about that? A baseball yeah. hat to a cowboy hat? Yeah, we will have J.J. up in here. Austin Gamblers, from, of course, uh, good stuff tomorrow. He's been to the College World Series many, many times. And we'll see you on Wednesday, Ty. I'll be here. Uh, every hour podcast at hornfm.com.